Welcome back to the Unity Society podcast. This is episode 22. I'm Jenny Randolph. And I am Dieter Randolph. And all I want to talk about right now is uh, is Twin Peaks because I'm obsessed again like I was 25 low, years low ago. those many years ago. Yes. Do you remember that when we were living in our, uh, our little house and Raina was very small and Miles was either a baby or not yet? No, oh, he wasn't born yet because you were pregnant. Yet. And it was because his he was yes. born in July and it was so hot and I was like in my last few weeks, maybe my last month, and I was huge and miserable and awful and all <laughs> I wanted never to do awful. all I wanted to do was sit in air conditioning and And somebody had given us a boxed set of all of the videotapes. That's that was the deal. We didn't have a DVD player. Mm-mm, there all was the, no such thing. All the videotapes of the show Twin Peaks, both seasons one and two. Now, when you know, years before that, when Twin Peaks was on TV, I was obsessed with it. Mm-hmm, as was and, I. Yeah, I, I worked at a record store, and when I had to work during the show, I had a friend call me and tell me what was going on on the episodes and stuff like that. It was it was crazy. So we we binged before binging was a thing. You know, OG, we invented binging. Right. Now you know who to thank for that. We binged <laughs> Twin Peaks, and studies have shown that too much television acts as a depressant. And I can tell you for sure, I mean, it doesn't hurt that Twin Peaks is super weird, but it was, I felt like I had been drinking by the end of it. It was really super weird. But the show itself has stuck with me. And I, it's so funny. The other day, there's a podcast that I listened to, Gilbert Godfrey, the comedian. He's mm-hmm. got a great podcast because he brings in people from Hollywood and a lot, mostly comedians, and they talk shop. And I'm a fan of the inside baseball thing. Anyway, Stephen Wright, another great comedian, was on. And Stephen Wright was talking about David Lynch, the director who came up with the idea for Twin Peaks and everything else. Stephen Wright said, you can love something and not understand it. That's Twin Peaks. Yeah. Yeah, And he went on to talk about David Lynch and surrealist art. And there's beauty in something you can't understand. And in fact, it's it's almost better because you're going past your rational mind. Now, he's and you're a, just enjoying the ride. Yeah. There are moments where you're just like, what? what? I have no idea, but okay, I'm, I'm just going to go with it. And it goes from beautiful, oddly beautiful, to disturbing and scary, to silly and funny and even uh, uh, kitschy and, and silly. You know, mm-hmm. the whole thing, the whole gamut. And it is just... It, it the the old show was super weird and and wonderful and beautiful and and everything but now the 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 twin peaks has come back if you're if you're a fan of the show you already know this and if you're not a fan of the show what are you doing but basically the show came out 25 years ago and there's something that happened and this there's a spiritual dimension in this person Laura Palmer who this the first show sort of centers around comes back in a spiritual way and says, I'll see you in 25 years. Mm-hmm. It's 25 years later, and now the show is back. But now it's on cable, and so the constraints of being on regular TV are gone. And man, oh man. Well, regular TV in the 80s. We're not even talking about regular TV now, because they get away with a lot on like the 10 o'clock uh, it's true. You know, it's true. time slot. They get away with a lot. No, but, but you're talking 80s TV, prime time you know, they couldn't get away with very much. And now, with it being on Showtime, they're getting away with a little bit more. But I am happy to say that it's not... I was worried that because it was on Showtime, 
it was going to be a too little far? bit different and go too far. And so far, the first episode, the first two hours, mm-hmm. um, I was pretty happy with. I'm, yeah. I, it, it makes me want to watch it again. Well, it, it's... Yeah, we what we watched was is going to be considered episodes one and two. You know how they break right. the pilot up. And next week it's three and three four. Three and four. It comes on on Sundays, but we can't watch it on Sundays because we're off at St. Petersburg Beach doing our sunset thing, mm-hmm. which was just wonderful last week, by the way. Lots of fun. But anyway, so we DVR'd it. Right. And we decided somewhat arbitrarily that we would have tacos in Twin Peaks on, on Monday, Monday nights. Night. And so yeah. that's what we did. And it... It really was like watching art. And I'm not necessarily recommending it because you've got to be into it. If you're not into it, you're just going to... Don't start now. Yeah. yeah. Go, well, wait and go and watch the old episodes Watch it with a like friend. It. Watch it with us. Yeah. yeah come over to yeah. our house on a Monday. But no, um, there's something really wonderful about it. And there was some nice little metaphors. And, and I feel like I can say this because if you're into the show, you've already seen it. If you're not into the show, it's not going to matter. So I'm not going to... I'm not really talking about spoilers, but stuff there's there's a part where there's a guy whose job it is to watch this giant cage mm-hmm. and we don't really understand why but the idea is that he's supposed to watch and there's cameras pointed at it and at some point something will happen inside this big transparent cage and what we learn in the show is first of all the moment his back is turned when he's out of the room that's when something good happens in in the box but in a different moment in time, he's watching it and he sort of gives over to his passions. It's hard to explain, but then something really bad happens in the box. And in fact, yeah, bad things. So obviously this giant glass box is a metaphor for TV. Right. You know, oh, and it's absolutely. like, and yeah. so it, the idea is good stuff happens when you leave the room and you go out and engage with your life. And I love it that a television show is really, you know, subliminally telling you not to watch TV, but rather when you give yourself to it and you get passionate about a show, which I'm doing right now, I'm aware of the irony here, that's not where you're supposed to go. And I thought it was really an interesting thing. You can you can look at something surrealist and love the weird beauty, com- compelling nature of it, and not get it, but then eventually understand a message because you're not thinking about it intellectually. And I think there's something really beautiful about that little journey. Well, I think that you, ha- you have to be open mm-hmm. to not understanding i think you have to it requires you to sort of get your ego out of the way and it it you have to open up to maybe some way that somebody else sees the world and and see it through their eyes and whether or not you get every aspect of of why they're looking at the world that way or why they're trying to explain it that way it doesn't really matter you can just enjoy the ride right and normally my taste in surrealist absurdist stuff tends to is is not as graphic like i like magritte a lot more than salvador dolly for example and i would put david lynch way closer to dolly than you like you like the sweet crazy yeah sweet crazy like uh hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy you like sweet crazy i and i tend to i tend to err on the side of a little bit i don't know if it, it what's the opposite of sweet crazy? I don't know, but but like, watching Twin Peaks is like watching I don't know, raw crazy. Yeah, maybe it was like watching a, a film noir while you're on mescaline or something. It was it was really super weird and and wonderful. But yeah, I'm I'm really into Twin Peaks. I've I've been 
really good about avoiding the internet about you know theories or spoilers or all of that let's just enjoy the ride i don't want to read anything about it so yeah i think the internet has kind of ruined tv by the way because yeah so monday nights tacos and twin peaks you see i had to reel me back in there i i did i you were you were kind of going off on on a little bit of a little bit of a rant but that's okay it's all right but we really needed kind of some downtime after this last monday and you wrote an article about it, um, and so if you've read the article... It's called Adventure is Out Adventure There. Adventure is Out There, but I, I think I'd like to talk about it because it did sort of set the mood for the rest of the week for me. <laughs> it really did, and I think there were some really great lessons in that, and I just I just want to talk about yeah. it. So, so you want to recap the story real quick and... And yeah, sure. We were on our we were on our walk, like we do a few times a week. We get up very early in the morning. You know that you've heard us talk about it. We start at North Shore Beach and we walk along the water and it's just gorgeous. And we walk and we walk and we walk all through in front of downtown by the waterfront and there's a little coffee shop. We and go we to. have our regular path that we walk. You know, yeah. I I think everybody's sort of a creature of habit. We like the way that the path that we walk, and so we were on it. And there's we were, a lesson in there, right? And we were going on our merry way, and all of a sudden, we run into somebody that's kind of walking along the same way, but he happened to be smoking a cigarette. And you know, for me, it just we're outside. I don't want to smell the smoke. Well, it's, and we're huffing and puffing and a little right, bit, because right. it's not yeah, only we're, we're walking there, fast, we're yeah. talking fast, and it's all that. And I'm, it's the opposite of why I want to be outside. I don't care if people smoke. I just don't want to participate in it. You know what I mean? Right. Don't and make so, me. Don't the, make me smell your cigarette right. smoke. And so the guy is more or less matching our pace. And so, just like I say in the article, we had a couple of choices. We could have yelled at the guy. He's he's just out there in the world. That wasn't right. Oh, to we do. could have just made such a face and such yeah, a fuss oh, at him you know. and blah 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 blah. But that's but, not who we are. Right. Or we could have just stuck with it. And suffered and and yeah. been, you know, and just been like, oh, well, I guess this is just where we're at today. Or we could have tried to run through it, but it's like, well, now I'm really going to be breathing it. And that'd be dumb too, you right. know. And so we just resolved that, okay, if he turns, which is what we were about to do, that's our normal path. If he turns, we'll go straight. Mm-hmm. And he turned. So we went straight and we took a different path and it took us really close to the art museum. And we almost literally ran into a good friend of ours. And it was somebody we had just been talking about. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember. Maybe he told us, but I didn't remember. He'd been doing some temp work at the art museum. And he came out to get some out of his car or whatever. And so we ran into him and we talked for a little bit. And it was really cool to catch up for a minute. And But so that happened and we went on and we got to the coffee shop. And I know that if we had stuck to our original path and our original pace and not stopped and had a conversation with our friend... We, this wouldn't have happened, but as it happens, when we got to the coffee shop, because it was later, we ran into another friend of ours. This one is somebody that that we're associated with in the Unity world. You know, we've been in the same church and stuff like that before. And we had just been talking about her, and there she was. Right. We got to say hi, and it was not a big deal, but it was like the universe going, see what happens? Yeah. When you just loosen up a little bit, when you don't try to do it your way or put up with bad things or... Make a fuss. Yeah. There yeah, you go. exactly. Exactly. So we got our coffee and we were heading back and, and we get back to the Jeep and it won't start. Yeah. The battery is dead on the Jeep. 
So we were like, all right, what do we do? And okay. And you had a meeting that you were anxious to get to. but I, it, Well, I, I didn't want to go to it, but I knew I was supposed to go to it. Right. You know and what I mean? And so it One was like, okay, you know, Monday. And this was this was on a Monday morning. So already it's like, oh, wow. Okay. And we you had know, had such a nice weekend. We had, too, we had a beautiful weekend. And, you know, so it was like, wow, this is this has the potential of turning into the Mondayest of all Mondays. Right. You know, so, and, and so we put our hood up and we were, we were going to call Raina. We did call Raina. Yeah, we, we called like, Raina, hey. but, and I doubted, Raina just got a new battery. And by the way, it might well be that the reason the Jeep wouldn't start is because we'd had to jump Raina's car a few times. Right. Who knows? But Raina's got a brand new battery. So we thought, well, we'll call her. Call Raina's her, a very you know. dependable, reliable person. And she showed up in short order, but her little car didn't have what it took to. To jump that big old Jeep. Yeah. yeah. And so, what do we do? And in that moment of, you know what, it's fine, whatever. And I uh, I just, I knew I wasn't going to go to that meeting. I was kind of relieved about that, to be honest. And I, I really was aware. Sometimes this stuff happens and you're not conscious of it, you know. Life is full of a million little choices, most of them unconscious ones. But I, in this case, I was very conscious that, you know what, I can choose to get really mad right now. Mm-hmm. Or frustrated, or anxious, or and, any any number of emotions. And I'm such a such a weirdo. In times like that, in the past, I will immediately I have immediately launched into some rich fantasy about just what well, what if I didn't own a car? <laughs> what if I just you know if I just rode my bike everywhere and and you know Uber and you know blah 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 and what and then I start thinking about like I spiral off into the state of public transportation and anyway. I didn't do any of those things. I, I consciously decided, you know what? It is what it is. I'm here. It's, it's a nice day. And I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm with my best friend in the world. And it is what it is. It we're, is what we're, it is. We're having this experience. We're here. And I just kind of breathed out. Mm-hmm. And as I did, this guy walked by. And just like I said in the article, he was the guy. If you were to like cast a movie, okay, we need somebody that's going to jump a car. What does that guy look like? He looked like this guy. He really did. And uh, sure enough, he's like, yeah, you know, I've got a big old truck and I've got some heavy duty jumper cables and I'll jump that Jeep for you. And super nice guy. And and uh, he, you know, sure enough, he while it was charging, he and I had a good long conversation about the kind of things you talk about with a guy that's ready with jumper cables. And we talked about how you can't fix things anymore and planned obsolescence and the and. We shifted into why it's important to do things for other people and, and how we're all in this together and the way that all of this works. And then uh, it started. Right. You know, and I went to shake his hand. And as I was shaking his hand, a third person, another Unity friend, happened to be walking by because she was working out in the park. Mm-hmm. You know, she's Yeah, and she came by and she's like, oh, hi. And, and she, she gave, gave us both a, a hug. Big hug. And it was like, okay, all right, God, we, you know, we hit this one pretty well. You know, life is good. It was a wonderful reminder that you're not in charge. Well, I think if for me, like I said, it set the tone for me this week. It really did. It 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 made me relax about a bunch of stuff. I mean, mm. that long to-do list that that comes up every week and I thought, you know, I'm just going to enjoy where I'm at this week. I'm going to be really conscious of if I'm making dinner, I'm just going to be making dinner. If I'm you know, sitting down working on my project. I'm just going to be sitting down and working on my project. I'm just going to be present where I am because 
you miss things otherwise. If you are living someplace or sometime else or you're supposed to be with your kids and you're thinking about the chores that you have to do or, you know, or you're supposed to be at your job or working on that and you're thinking about a million other things, I think you miss opportunities. I think you miss signs and I think you miss people and connections. Well, it's about it's about really just just digging in. You know, if you want to make friends, they say ask ask somebody questions about themselves and listen. Mm-hmm. In other words, if you're with somebody, really be with them. Be an archaeologist of what makes you tick. You know, show up for your life. And I think that that element of mindfulness is super important. You have to decide to be open to taking another path. As we move into the dig in section of the podcast, it's, there are no accidents. Let me just, let me just put that right there. There's no accidents. And so what happened to us this week really kind of encompasses the idea that we wanted to talk about tonight. And that is the idea that we are all in this together. That is so huge because, you know, first of all, there's, there's that idea that you're supposed to just make stuff happen. Now, we talk about that in terms of I'm supposed to tell God what to do. I'm supposed to be in charge of my manifestation. And of course that's not true. You're not the source or the destination. You're a channel. We talk about that a lot. So that's the, that's how it works with God. Now, there's more to say about that. But right now I want to talk about the other piece of that. And that is that there is a thought that what you do, your growth, your unfoldment, your miracle, whatever you want to call it, there's the thought that it only happens through you. And what I mean is that there's a little bit of a reluctance to see other people as teachers or in some way as an arbiter of of your dreams coming true. Mm -hmm. And just as you said, we're all in this together. One of the most important things you can learn as, you know, as far as being a grown-up, one of the most mature things you can come to realize is that nobody does anything alone nobody does anything alone even if you're alone physically you're standing on the shoulders of people who have come before you ideas that somebody else thought of you're you're utilizing some genetics that were passed down to you i mean there's a spectrum of reasons why you're not really on your own we are all in this together and it has to do with appreciating that there is a sharing and really giving thanks for the people in your life i think it starts you know from the time that we're born we have to rely on people to teach us things yes teach us how to feed ourselves how to walk how to talk you know we that's that's how we learn and i think we so quickly forget that there were those first teachers whether it's your mom or your dad or your grandma and your grandpa or your auntie or your uncles you know there there are those people in your lives that that serve that purpose to teach you and i think that there's a lack of understanding that that ends well yeah i think it it continues it absolutely continues through teachers and partners and friends and if they're really your friends you're going to learn from them and you're going to be able to teach them and i think that there is a non-acknowledgement 
maybe it's because of the idea of capitalism that I'm, no, no, I'm, that I'm supposed a... to I'm supposed to get mine and I'm working for myself and maybe it's just the nature of how you know our country has been the ideas that we're the rugged individual right that, that we're is a, that up is a weird or... Horatio Alger misunderstanding you know that statement pull yourself up by your bootstraps you know and people say you know do it yourself pull yourself up by your bootstraps I do know that statement and I know that it is absolutely used in the wrong yeah. way all the time when that phrase was coined the i what the person was trying to say was you can't do this alone. I mean, think about it. You can't pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It doesn't work that way. This isn't a Bugs Bunny cartoon. And when the phrase was coined, the idea was, see, you can't do this by yourself. Right. It was to illustrate that you needed community. We require the presence of each other. Stop being a selfish lout was the basic <laughs> idea. And and that has gotten so mutated into the idea that somehow you're supposed to, and it works exactly as well as you would think. I remember in karate class when we would mess up as, as kids, when we would be fooling around or something, the teacher would put t two of us in the corner and he'd say, "Pull you, you have to pull each other up by your sideburns. Oh, gosh. Which was really painful, but obviously you can't lift each other up at the same time no matter how strong you are or how hardy your sideburns are it doesn't matter it doesn't work that way you cannot do this by yourself you require some kind of support everybody does just as you said biologically there are some animals that have a a huge hard drive full of instinctual information and we don't for for an incredibly long period of time us humans require the presence of community. And it's as though we were programmed to work together. This is the big deal. Nobody does anything alone. And so instead of resenting that, it's time to embrace it. Uh, that, that song, I Get By With A Little Help From My Friends, is almost like a, it, it sounds like a resignation when in fact it ought to be a battle cry. You know, this is the thing. I finally got to the place where I'm grown up enough to realize that I'm not alone. I'm grown up enough to realize that me doing everything by myself is an immature concept of how the world works. Well, it's so much more work. Why are you in your life reinventing the wheel time and time again when that has already been done and you can advance it even more? And not just advance it for yourself, but advance it for people around you. I, I, I love that idea. But I think more than that, it's also why we gather in large places, movie theaters, sports arenas, music concerts, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. We go and we see a live production on Broadway because we want to be surrounded by other people of like mind that are doing the same thing. And obviously you and I are church people. It's why people go to church is because you want to look over at your neighbor and go, hey, did you get that? Or wow, this is, this is somebody that's thinking the way that I'm thinking. Everything is made better by community. And you have a tribe. In fact, you have many different tribes. It's time to acknowledge that and just really give thanks for this caress of friends that you have around you, whether they're really your friends or not. The, the, the context in which you live, everything is made better by community. It's part of how we are wired. I got such a kick out of it because I knew we were going to talk about this today. Mm -hmm. And today I saw there was a whole bunch of headlines that Amazon has opened a bookstore. I saw that. Which is so... I mean, obviously, the dog has caught its tail at this point. Sure. But 
but they have realized that online is not enough, that people want a place to gather. Yes. I think that that's great. I, I love that. I love that idea. And and so there's something really beautiful about just acknowledging it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are people, we have found out that there are people who listen to this podcast when they can't make it to church. And I'm so deeply honored and excited about that. Mm-hmm. But even to those people, I would say, do that, but also please find your tribe, find your community, find that group of like-minded people, because whether it's about church or whether it's about gathering and talking about Twin Peaks, whatever it is, you are made better by accountability. You know, Lewis Black, the comedian, has a great run, and I'm not going to even try to, to do his joke, but he basically says, you know, our government was based around the idea that if you got enough people in the same room, enough of them would be able to read. You know, the basic idea is when there are enough people talking, the truth comes out. It's very difficult to arrive at a sense of objective truth if you're listening to only one voice. You know, think about what makes a cult a cult, for example. And a lot of times it's a very closed off system of this is where truth comes from. There's one leader that is, is, you know, spewing the quote unquote truth and that is it. That's that's all that you listen to. You block off everything. But even even in abusive relationships, that's typically the pattern. Take them away from their families. Take them away from everything they know. Get them in a place where the control is there. Yes. And and that that is the first thing that people do. Remove them from everything cultural, everything that they ever known, so that they can be reprogrammed. Right. Mm-hmm. That's kind of that's kind of the idea. So. The other side of that is just as you are really participating in a community, you are also giving back to that community. So the two pieces of maturity that that are important to think about in terms of what we're talking about tonight is you don't do anything alone, but you also don't live just for yourself. That's a really important piece of this. You don't live just for yourself. Now, last week we talked about the idea of, of, of giving back. And in the past, and, and I'm sure into the future, we talk about the need for accountability. You get that by dealing with other people. It's interesting because I'm thinking about, okay, let's take spirituality out of this, right? Let's, take, let's come away from church altogether. And let's just look at it just on an environmental level mm-hmm. the air that you breathe and the in and out mm-hmm. and the carbon footprint that you leave your breathing out is required to make things happen in the world your breathing in is required to do this you know and and just on on a nature environmental level you don't get to just be by yourself your impact what you eat what you don't eat, where you go, what car you drive. You know, even, even if you were out in nature and there was no, let's pretend industrial revolution never happened, we go back to caveman times, you are still impacting the things around you, the yes. plants around you, the animals around you, the other people around you. So even if you try to go be a hermit somewhere, you are still... Not alone. Not really. 
And in fact, you can't be. You can't be because there's only one presence and one power and, and, and all of those things that we know. But pretending like you're the only person in the world is the beginning of some really poor ethical choices. I mean, sometimes I wish I was the only person in the world. <laughs> like, I need a break and I need everybody to kind of go away and I need... Oh, I just, miss you me. know, I would miss you. I would. I would eventually miss yeah. all of you. But there are some days where I'm just like, you know, Calgon, take me away. and Or, you know, you bite into a, a, a York peppermint patty <laughs> and you're at the top of that mountain. Sometimes there is that fantasy of just, you know what? get out of my way if I didn't have to deal with everybody maybe I could get the stuff done that I needed to get done yeah but the things that you need to get done are for the sake of that same community and that's the thing we're here to help each other better to know it and you've heard me say it when somebody you know does something in traffic or whatever somebody cuts somebody off or somebody's just you know, taking too much time in line at the at the store or whatever. You've heard me say, you know, not to that person because I'm not that guy, but, oh, I'm the only person in the world. You know, that's my generic. <laughs> but that's, yeah. that's, I've heard you like under your breath. That's get, my kind of version of some really nasty swear words. That's as far <laughs> as I tend to go. Because to me, that is the, that's the sin, is believing that somehow you are separate from the rules of the universe and the concept of, of our father. Yes. And that is a big deal. So take a minute and give thanks for the the crew that you're in. Give thanks for your bunch of, once again, not just your friends, but the people that you orbit, the people at work, at church, at, in your neighborhood. It's so amazing. I was, it's yesterday, I was thinking about this topic. And out of the blue, I get a text message from our neighbor. Yeah, that was great. It was great and weird and wonderful, and and it took me a minute to figure out what to do about it. We know our neighbor. Yeah, we've lived next door to him for about five years, yeah. and you know we pick up each other's packages if we can't get it. Yeah, and, and he's a you super know, nice and we guy. I helped out, him move a couch into a yeah, truck and we one time. Look you know, but it's, out for each other's houses and yeah. stuff. But it, but it, it's 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 a superficial level yeah, relationship I mean, we're not, we don't really know each other yeah. we've not been inside their house and they haven't been inside right. our house which is really funny because our houses are are identical. pretty much identical but, i guess we don't have to go in but, to each other's house we know what it looks like yeah but we you know he, we're friends on linkedin mm-hmm. you know which is talk about a superficial level of friendship but well that's super- like that that's like the e-harmony for jobs though. yeah exactly <laughs> Boy, it, it just smells like desperation in there. But anyway, <laughs> we happen to have connected it at some point, who knows, years ago on LinkedIn and whatever. But when I post something to a blog or, or on Twitter or whatever, it shows up on my LinkedIn feed as well as other places. So, I, But I never really think about that. It just happens. It's sort of a fire and forget situation. Anyway, yesterday I get a text from our neighbor and he says, Hey, I saw that YouTube of the Sunday lesson that you just did about Invincible Summer. Really nice job. And it's like you're not supposed to. You're not. No, you're, you're, you're supposed, supposed to, be to be in, in this that box. Other world. But yeah, so, you're not supposed to come into this world. But it was really cool because this whole little bit this week has been a lesson about put something out into the universe mm-hmm. and then let it go. It's a whole see, speak, surrender thing, and it will come back to you. But the miracle never happens by dropping out of the clouds. The miracle always is delivered by one of God's children. Think about how many times that has been the case. 
God well, sure. working through the hands of a doctor even, right. or through, you know, whatever it is. It is almost always the case that the talent bank of the people around you and people you don't even know show up at the right time. It's time that we sort of see people as God with skin on. I like that. You know, I love that idea. Well, it's the Our Lift, Father. Right. Well, no. Lift your head up and take a look around because, you know, there may be an occasional jerk that's doing something <laughs> that seems selfish at that moment, but you really don't know what's going on in that person's head at that moment. You you don't. And, and that's a judgment on all of our parts. Now, sometimes it's pretty clear that... You know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna get mine first before anybody else, and and, but that's and that not kind how of stuff. But that's not how it's supposed to be. And I think that for the most part, if you look up and you just acknowledge that person, they'll ninety nine percent of the time they'll do the next right thing. They'll do the golden rule. Well, thing. because we're wired that way, so all it takes is a little moment of oh, hey, wait. There's another person in the world. Mm-hmm. There's something really, really powerful about that. And that is important because one of the, the criticisms about unity stuff, about new thought teachings, is that, you know, we're just in it to get our healing, our manifestation, our miracle. And the answer to that is, yes, you deserve to live a life of miracles and wonderful occurrences, but the point of all of these things is to help somebody else. The reason that the loaves and fishes are a miracle is so that you can feed people with them. That's the thing. It wasn't so it could go in a bread museum. You know, there's something really important about the idea that the reason that we grow is so that we can turn around and help other people. And you know the deal. They asked Jesus, what is, there's a lot of laws in the Hebraic traditions. There's a lot of laws even in the Old Testament. What in the world? How do we follow all these laws? And Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your might. We've talked about that. But the second part is love your neighbor as yourself. That's the great commandment. And the idea is, understand first that you're supposed to love yourself. (laughs) That's one that people sometimes have a hard time with too. But love your neighbor. When they text you about the the talk you did or or whatever, understand that we're all neighborhood neighbors in this vast neighborhood. But so that's the great commandment. And then of course there's the great commission, the other part where Jesus said, Okay, we've got these ideas that change the world, these these things that make our hearts sing and that heal and uplift and liberate and free. Now go teach it. Yeah, get Carry out, it there. out there to the world. Yeah, get get out there and do your job. Well, and so that's a statement that first of all that the world is worth a damn, mm-hmm. that people are worth a damn, and that you are. Right. So go do something about it. Just like Bob Dylan says, you got to serve somebody. You have to get out there and do something for the sake of the greater good. And so that's the challenge that I put to you listening. You have dreams and aspirations about what you want to do with your life. And I love that. Be a dedicated dreamer. No question. But try, try. Shifting your goals from individual to communal success. In other words, what does it look like if your dream come true doesn't just involve you having, let's say, a mansion, but what if it involves, I want to be so good at XYZ, so successful at XYZ, so whatever it is, that I can make a difference in the world. Shift your goals from individual to communal success and watch how the world opens itself up to you. Oh, absolutely. And that's, we talk about that a lot. Just do something that is bigger than yourself. 
And doesn't it feel good, though? Oh, it always feels good. It feels good because it's you the can, right thing. Man. When, you can, when you give back, it always feels good. There's not been one time in my life that I have gone and done something. Now, sometimes if it's early in the morning or I have something on my mind or I'm not, I'm not feeling real good about it and I know that I've said yes to maybe helping somebody move or going and, you know, volunteering someplace and I get up that morning and I'm like, oh, wow, this is the last thing that I want to do. But you do it because you've made the commitment because you said that you would and so you put your shoes on and you get in the car and you go do what you're, what you're supposed to do. And every single time, I am grateful for the follow through. Every single time. I have never I have never regretted doing that and helping and, and coming away and feeling, even if it wasn't directly for somebody that I even knew. Sometimes it's a friend of a friend of a friend that you're like, oh yeah, we need a lot of hands. Or sometimes it's for a building that maybe you won't even ever set foot in again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's that's how all of this works. So step up, suit up, go do the next thing. Help somebody. It feels good because it's the right thing to do. This is the listen up part of the show, and this is normally when people send in their questions, and we have a, a good old stack of questions to answer, and please keep them coming. There's a lot of ways to write into us, and we love hearing the questions that you have, and, and it, we, we love that level of contact, so please do keep that coming. But this time, Jenny and I decided not to answer a, a question from the mailbag, so to speak, because something happened the other day, and as a result, there have been a lot of questions about it. And I'm referring to uh, the uh, the incident that happened at the concert in Manchester the other day. And uh, there was some explosions, and we don't know all of the details yet, and some people died, and a lot of people were hurt. And there's a lot of questions about what does it mean and what do we do? And so it felt appropriate just to take a moment... And, and talk through that. It's so sad. There is such a deep sadness and a deep mourning when these things happen, when there's these mass killings. And it makes me take just this deep breath and just, I think we all just naturally question why. Mm-hmm. And I think... That's the question that probably is on everybody's heart and mind. And I think that's the question that we sort of want to answer tonight is why? And there's so many levels to that why. And why does God let this happen? Why do people feel like they need to? Is the person that did this evil? Are they no good? You know, there's so many, there's so many levels to this. And I don't think that we can address all of it tonight, but... I think the main question that I always want answered is, what is my part? What can I do? I'm feeling really helpless. I, I Obviously, I can't be in Manchester. We don't believe in sending love, but we're holding space with them and, and all of those families that lost their loved ones. Well, you can't send um, love, but you can love somebody. You right, know, And exactly. that's an important distinction, right? Right, and it... And so 
we do those things, but I think I find myself going, okay, but what else? Well, and that's the thing. I think that it's it's really just fine, natural, uh, understandable to start with the why question. But just as you demonstrated just now, inevitably we go pretty quickly from why to what next. Past a certain point, the why isn't especially satisfying because we know why. Because people are free to do dumb things. And we've got a lot of growing up to do as far as how to deal with one another. We've got a lot of growing up to do as far as, as how to be okay with people being different than you. We've come a long way, but we've got a long way to go as a people, don't we? So the why is, well, you know, we're born with this amazing, beautiful, awesome, challenging free will. And you're going to create a world based on your understanding of what good is. But if you have an understanding of good that's built around vengeful, angry feelings, well, you're going to do vengeful, angry things. And that's the why. But like I said, that's not very satisfying. The question really is a different question. And it's the same question that, that the disciples came to Jesus with when they, they saw the man who was born blind. This is something that that we talk about a lot. The disciples came with a why question. Why was he born this way? He didn't have a chance to do anything wrong. He was born this way. It's not like he, he messed up and was punished somehow. So what is this? And Jesus basically says, guys, you're missing the point. It doesn't matter why. Or, more specifically, the why is so that there can be a healing. In other words, it doesn't matter why this happened. And you can get into why and you can get into a blame game and you can find bad guys. But if you're the kind of person who looks for bad guys, you will never stop finding them. Getting mad at stupid people is like getting mad at grass. I, I agree. And there's yeah. a lot of it. And instead, let's work on educating each other. Let's all get smarter, right? So the question is not why. Jesus said to the disciples, guys, I'm paraphrasing, guys, this is not about why. This is about what are we going to do about it. Let's have a healing. The point is, here's a blind guy and we can fix that. And so in this situation, it's the same thing. The question is not why did this happen. The question is, how can we have healing as such a part of what we think and do and talk about and live that we make less and less room for that kind of anger to be manifest in the first place. And what can we do to make it more and more and more and more clear that there are better ways to get along with each other? And that's a large task, no question. But we're getting to it. That's all we can do. And you know the quote. It's a Mr. Rogers thing. Yeah, I was just going to say every time, and it's so sad that we have to say every time something like this happens, People do post that Mr. Rogers quote, you know, the look for the helpers. Yeah. He's like when, you know, that's what his mom told him. He's like when something bad happens, you look for the good that, that is going on. You look for the help that's around. Whenever there, there's a catastrophe, whenever there's an earthquake or a bombing or a whatever it is, there's always some people off to the side somewhere helping. Have you heard the story? Have you read the story about the two homeless guys? that were outside of the concert. No, huh? Oh, they um, saw what happened and they, you know, cause it was, it was horrible cause there was a lot of little kids that were their young kids. I see. 
and um you know they saw the injured people and everything two homeless guys and they ran in and they saved a lot of people's lives one one of the girls they she was going to bleed out or something like that and they lifted her legs and they got her to the place and they really did an amazing job and they interviewed one of the homeless guys and he was like it wouldn't have been okay not to go in and help that's i couldn't have lived with myself this is a guy that doesn't have anything right and that's what you do that's how this works and it's hard and it's sad and it's scary and it's 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 outrageous that in this day and age people feel like that's the way to get along with each other it's it's incredible it would be funny if it weren't so sad because it's completely absurd we we're just talking about twin peaks you know but at the end of the day I don't have a good answer for why, because it's the, it's a simple thing. Why? Because you're free to be as, as big of an idiot as you want. That's how the universe works. There are people who stay in why because it's so satisfying to find bad guys and, ooh, let's blame and punish people. But you know what? That just makes more people who need punishing later on. The challenge that we have before us, and this is what turn the other cheek really means, is to meet it with just outrageous love and say, okay, obviously there's hurt. What can we do to fix the hurt on both sides? Right. And I think you have to start where you are. I think you have to start in your own family, in your own neighborhood, in your own community. And we talk about this idea a lot. And I know we've talked about it for the last couple of weeks. I think we probably brought it up in the last three or four podcasts at this point. But it bears repetition because it's so important. You can't be over there and you can't be everywhere all the time. And you can't do all of the good that the world needs. But you can start where you are. You can start at home and you can teach your kids and you can be loving to somebody that maybe is having a crappy day and that makes all the difference. If we are really all in this together, then you have an obligation to be your best self, to show the world what love looks like, to love your neighbor as yourself. And if you really know about God, then you know about love to really love your neighbor, to really go out of your way, even when you don't feel like it, to go the extra mile. We're all connected. And really appreciating that connectedness means I'm going to start right now. Let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me right now. That's what this means. And it means being crazy enough to absolutely show love to those who have been injured and negatively impacted and to show love to those who had such a terrible idea of how the universe worked that they thought that was the right thing to do. They need love too. Meeting this with anger and punishment and judgment is never appropriate. The Bible says vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Now that sounds kind of dark, but the point is it ain't your job to punish. It is your job to love and bless and educate and uplift. That's what we are here to do. And so we have to find ways to do that, to find ways to be a loving presence. That is what you're here to do. Is it easy? No, but it's worth it because that's how we get out of this. I believe it with all my heart that we will see a time when we look at these kind of events, uh, the way that people look at polio, 
where you know what, every once in a while, but we know better. We got something for that. The way that people looked at, at some old idea. Remember how they thought the world was flat? Remember how they thought they had to hurt each other? It'll be like that someday. But the only way we get there is by working together. We got no more time for this stuff, guys. So yeah, there's a, a proverbial blind man in front of you. Born that way. It's time for a healing. Time for our check it out section of the podcast. And that's where we tell you what we're doing, what we're up to, where you can find us, everything that's going on. Basically, it's just our calendar, guys. You know that. <laughs> You've been around long enough now to know that that's all it really is. But uh, we like to keep you posted on, on the good stuff that we're up to. So, Dieter, what are you up to? I am uh, teaching a Bible class, as you know, and that's Tuesday nights from 7 to 8.30 at First Unity Spiritual Campus here in St. Petersburg, Florida, the finest city on the face of the earth and as you've heard us say it's not too late to join we got a pretty good sized crowd but there's room for more and uh the the neat thing is that you could come in at any time we had a new student uh just last night there's room to come in and just start wherever you start and at this point there's three more weeks that you can join so you know yeah, go ahead and counter in front of me i don't know what the last night of that class is but whatever it will you'll hear a podcast where we go we're not doing that we're no not more. doing that anymore but exactly we are exactly. right now Looking at the June calendar, June 25th, we're in North Tampa, Unity of North Tampa. We'll be doing the Sunday service and then an hour-long workshop after. We'll be doing our, our branching in talk and a workshop to follow up. So come join if you're in that area. We'd love to come and see you. If you haven't gotten a signed book from us yet, um, that's a perfect day to get it. Yeah, and you know about our book, Branching in the Journey from Alone to All One. Yeah, I sound like a pitch guy, but... Go check out branchingin.com. It's just, it was so much fun writing the book. And it's funny to talk about it now because we're knee deep into working on the next book. But man, oh man, I went back. I happened to, I was cleaning something off of one of the shelves and, and there's a, a number of our books there because we keep some around. And it was like, oh wow, we did this thing. And I leafed through it and I was like, wow, this is good stuff. It I, is good it's stuff. It's fun I'm because proud of it. I've had a little bit of distance because we haven't done a workshop based on the book in, in a little bit and, and stuff like that. It's really, it's really nice. I'm very proud of it, and I'm so delighted by the people who've come up and said that that it changed something about their lives. So check it out. Branchingin.com is the place to go, or you can just look for Dieter and Jenny Randolph on Amazon or however you get there. But please do get there. Speaking of online stuff, we are broadcasting on Facebook Live every Thursday at eight o'clock Eastern time. Yeah, eight p.m. PM. Yeah, not 8 8 a.m. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not ready to live stream at eight a.m. No, on... I haven't done my face yet. No, no. no. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, it is a it's a Bible discussion group. We have some some close friends come and hang out in our living room, and then we film it and we talk about all kinds of stuff. And it has just really been nice. It's it's informal and fun, and and we go places that I didn't think we'd go, and it's just really really cool. So check that out once again, and you can find that by following us on Facebook. You can find all of the places where we are, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and so on, by going to our website and clicking on the various links. They are featured prominently all over the website. So come find us and be a part of that. 
the Facebook Live thing is so cool because people have been typing in their questions and I can answer the questions and it's an interaction with people in the room as well and it's just so much fun. It really is. You get a sense of community. It's really, it's really nice. But talking about community, we get together Wednesday mornings. It is our St. Pete Sunshine Celebrations and it's Wednesday mornings at 720 at North Shore Beach and we come and walk with us. You've heard you've heard a lot about it. You yeah, know, we've talked about now. it a lot. Who knows what path we'll take who and who knows, we'll run into. Who knows what's going to happen. It's, it's new every time. But also on Sunday evenings, a half hour before the sunset, we gather at St. Pete Beach. Yeah, we park at Dolphin Village and then we go a little bit south of that along the beach and you'll... If you're out there, you'll see us. You'll see us. And so come join us. Again, there's more information on our website, on our Facebook page, and all that kind of stuff. There's also something else that I want to talk about. I want to talk about our upcoming summer conference. Yes. Because registration is now open for that. It is a six-day retreat. It is Sunday through Friday. And it is wonderful. We go into the silence um, during that time for about... 20 hours or so. We're going kayaking down in the Sarasota mangroves this year. We're doing a service project We're doing at a, a service. church. Yeah, it is going to be really, really a great week. So if you know of a teenager, 14 to, to 19, and even if they're a mature 13-year-old, give us a call when we'll talk we'll about it. it or if you're a young adult that you're 18 to 25 and you, you just want to connect more with, with people your own age or people that think like you do, Come and do this. It is amazing. It really, really well, is. And, I, and it, it, it's life-changing. It'll be great. I wanted to speak to that a little bit because there are a lot of retreats you could go to, and I'm sure that they're all really wonderful. But for us, it, there's three things that are really important. One of them is that you walk away from these retreats with a better understanding of what it is to be a unity person. All of our speakers are unity ministers. Uh, all of the... Uh, Material is either written by or vetted by Unity Ministers or licensed teachers and things like that. We're very serious about teaching this stuff, and you walk away with a better understanding of it. So that's part one. And another thing that we have is service. We always do a real service project for our community. So you learn about the importance of service. And then finally, everybody gets treated with respect. The food's good. The place is clean. It's always at a hotel with modern conveniences and, you know, security cameras. Well, it makes the week beds. go nicer when you can, when you're not, yeah, you know, living outside for so a week. It's for sure. on every level. It is an uplifting, empowering experience. It will change the life of somebody. So please find that somebody in your life and, and let them know. It's events.iamunity.org. So Dieter, let's wrap it up. That was a, that was a nice uh, it's a nice read on that. Here's the deal. We're all in this together. You know that. You feel it. You're aware of it on so many levels. You are here to learn from and teach people. When you change your goals from what's in it for me to how can everybody win? How can I uplift somebody, help somebody, change somebody? That idea of, of when I am lifted up, I will raise all people is really important. You couple that with the Our Father idea. You connect that with the idea of love your neighbor as yourself, and you're on to something. We need each other. So let's love each other. The Unity Society podcast is recorded at Pinfeather Studios. <laughs> Hashtag orange couch 
here and uh our amazing sound engineer is the handsome and strong Raina Randolph. She and her brother, the lovely and talented Miles Randolph, are in charge of all of the music that you hear. You should check out what Pinfeather Studios is up to, by the way. The music, the production, the everything. Just really cool. Really cool. This podcast is supported by you. And that means two very important things. Listen up. It means two things. It means that we need you to share this podcast. We need you to, to do what you can do to, to share it on Facebook, through social media. Tell somebody about this podcast. If there was anything in here that changed something about the way you saw something, it can do that for somebody else. So tell somebody about it. Go to our website and, and look for the articles that, that stick out for you. Share those with people. Post them on social media. Tell the world about this thing that's made enough of a difference for you that you're taking time out of your day to, to read it, to listen to it, to interact with it. We're so grateful for you for doing that. So part one is share it. And part two is go to wherever you're listening to this podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, whatever it is. SoundCloud is the new one I'm working on. Go to wherever <laughs> it is that you're listening to this podcast and write a five-star review. Literally, it will take you eight seconds to do, but it will change things for us on such a profound level because when iTunes sees those five-star reviews coming in, it promotes our podcast to the rest of the world. It is an amazing way to spread the word about what we're doing to boost these ideas in the world. And I got to tell you right now, it's a time when the world could use some of these ideas. So those are the two things that we can do. Thank you for doing them. You make this possible for us. Have a beautifully blessed week, everybody. 